A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Welcome back. It is Monday. The stock market futures are up 338 points. Sweet mother of pearl. Seattle Mariners have won 14 in a row. Apparently, the only thing that can stop the Mariners is the All-Star game. We'll find yeah. out. We'll find out if the, if this win streak really. Well, I mean, fourteen in a row against anybody is pretty good. But when they first, come back from the All Star break, they will be taking on Houston in the first series. It's the uh, the first time, I guess, in history that a team has gone into the All Star break with a fourteen game winning streak. It's been pretty amazing, and it's been from everybody. That's the cool thing. Um, also, Mariners got another uh, All Star added to the game yesterday. Ty France will be headed there, so they have two All Stars this year. Uh, that is because your best friend in the whole world that plays for the Angels. Hurt again. Trout, Trout. is hurt again. <laughs> yep. Trout's hurt. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, like, name the All-Star and they're hurt. Yeah, you know chances why? are. Yeah. No All-Stars want to play in the Jose Altuve. They all want to go home for three or four days. It's been a, it's been a long season so Bryce far. Bryce Harper. Well, it's because the All-Star game is junk. It is Complete crap. Well, the fans it like is, it. It is the worst exhibition game of exhibition games. The no. most no 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 no. no. You're, you're no, forgetting. You aren't even close. You're to forgetting. Being you're forgetting the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's yes, pretty bad too. The, the Pro Bowl is ten times worse yeah, than the Major bad. League All. Uh, it's pretty bad. The the one thing I wish they wouldn't have taken away. I I love the fact that it made it meaningful by the winner, the winning league getting home field advantage in the World Series. That made it meaningful. Then, then players played because it's like, well, crap, if we make the World Series, we want to make sure we have home field advantage. But they took that away because the players didn't yeah. like it. Major League Baseball players don't really like having to go to the All-Star game <laughs> anymore. It's sad. Some of them. like uh, Okay, you're right. They're the guys that are first-time All-Stars that are like, yeah, I want to be an All-Star. Well, the ones that, add that to my resume get paid huge, huge bonuses for yeah, back when the, they, they like it. Back when salaries were well under a million dollars, if you got selected to the All-Star game, chances are it would add a huge percentage to your salary, uh, same as winning the World Series. Any more, I mean, if you're making $30 million a year, do you need thirty million two hundred thousand? You'd like to have four days off in the summer. That's what you'd like to have. Exactly. Um, I will say one of the most fun things of all the All Star games played happens tonight. I love the World or the uh, Home Run Derby. That's tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I absolutely love that. Um, I get to watch Julio Cruz. He was uh, named to that uh, yesterday in batting practice. In four minutes, he had 37 home runs. Wow. In batting you know, practice. So it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, I'm, I'm really very happy for Seattle Mariner fans. I mean, because the A's are in it this year where they get the one person that is an all-star, despite the fact that none of them deserve to be an all-star. You know, every team's got to have one player represented through the all-star team. Which yeah. is garbage. Did they take that away this year for the for the A's because so. nobody was good enough? <laughs> no, no, I'm, no? I'm kidding. No, believe it or not, they've hit every team, including <laughs> the Nationals, who have a total of 31 uh, victories. And 
have uh, eased into dead last place in the major <laughs> leagues. Our teams, the worst two teams in Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, yeah. man. Hey, same to you. Well, you know, the club. Just, it's, now, a, it's a wonderful season. I, I, I will say um, that part of you, you know, the, the nobody wants to go. There are 80 players that got named to the All-Star this year. 10% of all the players in the uh, Major yeah. League Baseball were named to the All-Star game this nice year. Nice job, fellas. So, yeah, you, you are somewhat correct in that, you know, people that have been there over and over again are like, you know, I'd rather just stay home and rest and recuperate for a few days and go play for one inning. And I'd like my kids to remember what I look like. Can I go home? <laughs> um, I saw... Mike Trout. No, guys. Well, and they purposely have way too many pitchers now. You know, like there's what, what, like 16, 17 pitchers mm-hmm. uh, per squad, and there's no way they're going to get every one of them into now, the game. Now, is that, is that because what happened a few years ago with the, yes. uh, the tie? Uh, the, yes, with the tie? <laughs> exactly. Yes, <laughs> They were is. like, we don't have any pitchers. You're not going to be gotta pitching quit. today unless we have to go to extra innings, and then mm. you're pitching eight. Since, since then, they haven't felt the need to get everybody into the game, you know, for at least an inning. Uh, they just figure some guys uh, are going to be on the bench, and that's all there is to it. Now, I did see your best player turn down $440 million. Juan Soto, yeah. Yeah, he's just following in the footsteps of Bryce Harper, which is if I can get a couple million more over the next 15 years, I'll be so happy. Well, I pretty much guarantee now he's going to be paid a half a billion dollars. Yeah, probably. The Yankees are just salivating waiting for free agency. There's a lot of people out there that are, you know, I don't want to really be in Washington, D.C., or I really don't want to be in Oakland, or I really don't want to be in Milwaukee my whole career. Maybe I can get a nice fat contract in New York or L.A. <laughs> what would that be like to turn down four hundred and forty million dollars? I know that you're going to get more. <laughs> I, I, I will never know. Number one, because I'll never be offered that much. Number two, I would never turn down that much. <laughs> you turned down forty four thousand dollars. How did you do that? Oh, it's difficult, but I think I can get forty five. Yeah, exactly. Did you watch any of the uh, Major League Baseball draft yesterday? I didn't watch it, uh, but I did keep up with it, and uh, it looks I mean, like it's it's hard to get really excited about the Major yeah. League Baseball draft it, because it those guys aren't going guys. to big. It's just fun anymore to see you know whose son is going to be drafted. Yeah, and Idaho has a uh, future multimillionaire. Gabe Hughes, yeah. taken 10th overall by the Colorado Rockies. $5 million signing bonus yeah, is what they have him slotted by. That kid played for Rocky Mountain. As you know, my son played at mm-hmm. Rocky Mountain. His friends with the Hughes family. They're terrific people. Gabe Hughes was a legit candidate. Well, he was Idaho Baseball Player of the Year. Twice. You know? Twice. And we knew he was going to be really good in college. We didn't know that he would be elevated to a first round pick. Wow. You know, but when he was uh over there at Gonzaga, he pitched really, really well. His little brother, by the way, was recruited by and was signing with Boise State when they had their baseball program. And then, you know, about the the week after he signed with Boise State, they blew that program up. Yeah. So he went on to play for Oregon and is doing pretty well over there right now as well. Other things uh, we'll be talking about today, and our phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. The Idaho GOP convention was uh, over the weekend. There is a new leader of uh, Republicans in the state. We'll talk about that. There were some mean tricks. Um, there was a little fireworks. And coming up at 835, one of the delegates that attended will be on with us to uh, talk about that. Uh, also, um, a shooting overnight or yesterday in Indiana. That was stopped by a bad yeah. bad guy. 
uh, stopped no, by stop a good by a guy, guy. Yeah. Yeah. with a guy. with a gun. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up this morning. Right now, though, um, lots more sports happening in the world over the weekend, and Rick Worthington is here to tell you all about it. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, two locations to serve you, making it easier to get in for a delicious lunch of a fat sandwich. Get in in East Boise today off Gallon or in Meridian off Wells Avenue. We like fat sandwiches. All right, you knew we were going to start with this. Is looking for a clutch base hit. Here's the set. And the 2-2 on the way to Raleigh. Swing and a well-hit ball down the right field line. A line shot, and it is gone. Cal Raleigh with his 13th home run of the season. More home runs than any catcher in the American League. A two-run line shot into the lower deck down the right field line. It's now the Mariners 2 and the Rangers 1. Number all right, looking for 14 in a row here. You're sitting on 13, looking for 14. You Lucky need a little 14, bit more. Yeah. Need a little bit more. And the 1-0 pitch to tie. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Calhoun going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball off the facing of the second level. Ty France celebrates his all-star selection before the game with a home run here in the top of the fifth. His 11th home run of the season. And it's now the Mariners three and the Rangers one. Yeah. Mariners got it done. Six to two victory over the Rangers yesterday. They had to come back from behind again, although it was in the early innings. But they got it done, and that's the point. A 14-game winning streak stopped by the All-Star break. (laughs) you got to hope that they'll be able to keep it rolling. But as you mentioned, they'll face the Houston Astros when they come back after the break. The break ends on Thursday? I think you're right. Yeah, I think it's Thursday. So, uh, and by the way, the Houston Astros, the second-best team in the American League, right behind the New York Yankees. A quick look at what the standings are for Major League Baseball. The Yankees are the best, 64-28. and That's a hell of a record with a run differential plus 199 on the season. The Dodgers are the second best team in baseball. Surprise, surprise, the biggest two payrolls. And the Dodgers with a 60-30 and record going into the break. Some surprise that the New York Mets have been as good as they have been. They have the next best record in the National League at 58-35. and The Houston Astros, as we mentioned, the second best team in the American League, 59-32. and But the Seattle Mariners, the fourth best record in the American League at 51 and 42, and they are getting healthier, and they are getting better, and they are getting confidence, and they are coming through in clutch situations. And if they could get to 15, it would match the longest winning streak. In franchise history, if I'm correct, Mike, yep. that's that's it, right? 2000, 2001, I think, is uh, that year that they won That is 116 fact, games. That is the year. So they're looking to do something that hasn't been done since uh best team that the Mariners have ever assembled. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Mariners. KBOI News Time is 618. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through to us today, uh, you can either call us, also toll-free from wherever you might be listening, one 800 
529-5264. Um, keep in mind, you can always email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. Send us an instant message or a fan page on Facebook. If you want to take part in the show, you can even text us if you would like at 208-336-3700, which is the same as our main number. Other things we'll be talking about this morning, uh, gas prices continue to fall across the United States, although much, 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 much slower Much more here. slowly than we want them to. In Idaho. Yeah. Um, we are here in the Treasure Valley, for instance, about 70 cents a gallon over what the national average is right now, although gas prices did drop over the weekend down to uh, 5 22 uh, on my way to work this morning. But like I said, about 70 cents more than it is for the average gas gas price for the rest of the yeah. entire country. Well, during the last couple of weeks, they've been talking about how it's been dropping every day. And we've gone from, what, 529 to 522 during that time? I, I, in all fairness, five about 533. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> to five, so ten, I, I, it was worse than I even remembered. I, I know... You know that it, it's upsetting when you see everybody else's price dropping. But on the other side of this, when everybody else was going up so quickly, Idaho was going up much slower. So you you, you can't have it both ways. It would be nice if you could have it both ways, but I, I can and will. Yeah. Also, uh, Uvalde school shooting reports came out yesterday. The preliminary report. It's a scathing report. It was released uh, yesterday by the Texas House Committee investigating the Uvalde school shooting. Blame multiple failures by those in position of power, including nearly 400 law enforcers who converged on the scene for not halting the massacre. I didn't realize there were that many police officers on the scene. There were more uh, police officers than I think there were kids in the school. Yeah, I think think you are correct. Um, So we'll talk... We'll talk a little bit about that. Texas Department of Public Safety Director Steve McGraw called the police response an abject failure. That's his quote that put the lives of the officers ahead of lives of children at the uh, Senate hearing back in June. McGraw blamed the school district's police chief, Arenado, the incident commander, for stopping officers from quickly confronting the gunman. And Arenado, by the way, has kind of lost two jobs. He resigned from one after he was elected to the city council and resigned from the city council um, wow. after pressure, pressure from the shooting. Um, also, the uh, police chief in charge... Um, has also been put on administrative leave after the uh, report came out yesterday, too. So don't know how many heads are going to roll, but it seems like they've already started and there could be more coming. In addition to that, also uh, told you that we were going to talk about uh, the shooting yesterday, Indiana Mall. Uh, Police say an armed civilian, legally armed civilian, 22-year-old, Stops possibly more from getting shot, killed, or injured. There are three dead, two injured in that shooting. A 22-year-old from uh, who was legally carrying a firearm from a nearby community at the mall shot and killed the gunman shortly after he uh, watched the gunman starting to fire and kill yeah. people in the uh, food court. Good work by him. Too bad the whole thing had to happen. Yeah. It does make you wonder, and I know this is something that you go, hmm, I wonder if he hadn't been there, how many more people would have been killed? You never know. It could have yeah. been dozens or whatever. So those are the things to talk about. If you want to weigh in, go ahead. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless.
tonight at 10. It's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Up and going for a Monday morning. Phone lines are open. 208 336 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to uh, take part in the show, yes, that is always encouraged. You can also email Mike at KBY.com, Chris at KBY.com. Stock market, Dow Futures up 254 points. That's after a big up day on Friday. Um, looking like, uh, at least as of right now, now granted we still have about 40 more minutes before the uh, opening, but looking as of right now, all the indexes are going to be uh, up. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates, what's driving uh, the uh, early morning trading and what to look forward to this week, as we usually do. We'll do that coming up uh, this morning at about 7.20. Um, some good news for you. Um, you. You may not realize this, but I thought I would share this. We are just 40 days away. From Christmas? From BSU football. Oh, that's right. 40 days away, ladies and gentlemen. Can't be more excited than I am right now for uh, what I think is, personally, I think is going to be a really good year for Boise State. Well, great. I don't have any inside knowledge. I don't know any. I just think that this is going to be one of the best years we've seen in a, in a while for Boise State. Um, by the way, media days for the Mountain West happening mm-hmm. this week in Las Vegas. Bob Beeler is going to be there, and we will talk to him Coming up Friday morning, uh, Media Days gets underway, I think, late Wednesday, Thursday, full force on Thursday. So we'll get uh, the predictions and prognostications for players of the year, um, where they think that the teams are going to finish, how good they think Boise State's going to be. We'll talk with Bob Beeler coming up on Friday morning to get all the latest information. Also coming up here for you uh, this morning, we'll be talking about the uh, Idaho Republican party uh, convention convention that happened over the weekend in Twin Falls, your former hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Republicans have a new leader. Delegates elected Representative Dorothy Moon to the party's top position. Um, I still think that's funny. Moon, moon over Luna. Over Luna. <laughs> I mean, Moon and Luna are kind of the same thing, aren't they? Uh, I think they mean not, the same thing, don't they? N- not the people, I mean the words. yeah. yeah. Um, Moon, in her speech, said Idaho was once a bastion of freedom, but has since been surpassed by other states. We have to make sure that the Democrats coming at us in full force, that we have our barriers up, our guns are loaded, and ready to keep this state free. What what states have surpassed Idaho? I'm not quite sure. As far as I, I the last I heard, we were like the number two state, number, the, the second reddest state in the nation. So I don't know if there's if, a bunch that's passed us. I don't I don't know who that would be. Well, it sounds like just one has passed us. And they were already ahead of us. Apparently. Yeah, before yeah. before this. Um, we'll talk with one of the delegates who happened to be there this weekend. There were was a little bit of fireworks. There was a little bit of nasty tricks. It reminded me of tricks we used to play in the radio business, where Tom Luna was uh, going to have a pizza and Patriots party. So free pizza for everybody, all the delegates attending. Somebody took uh, and remade the flyers and passed them out to homeless shelters, saying there was free pizza for everybody who showed up. Really? Yep. So uh, how many people did that add to the party? Don't know how many people did show up, apparently, and Mm -hmm. uh, they figured out quite quickly what was going on, that somebody had dropped off a bunch of flyers to at least one homeless shelter, saying, if you want some free pizza, here's, here's your chance to get it. 
And of course, thank goodness that, you know, the people that put on the party said, you know what, we can't turn people away that, yeah. you know, want to eat, so we're going to give them free pizza. Besides, they still get to vote, and maybe they'll vote Republican mm-hmm. if we give them pizza. KVOI Newstime, 645. Uh, once again, we'll talk with uh, Jim Smith. That'll be about 835 this morning. He'll talk about and tell us what went on at the uh, convention, his thoughts, and then this afternoon... After 3 o'clock, Dorothy Moon, the new leader of the Republican Party, will be on with Nate Shellman. So Nate will be talking with her coming up this afternoon. Make your plans to listen in. Right now, it's time for another check on what's going on with sports again this morning with Rick Worthington. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Two locations for you to check out in East Boise and in Meridian. If you want to check out their all-new menu, just go to uh, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Well, way over the Atlantic Ocean over in Scotland, Cameron Smith charged his way into history on the old course at the Sunday Stunner, St. Andrews, that sent the Australian to his first major title by overcoming Rory McIlroy to win the Open Championship. The stage was set for McIlroy to end his eight-year drought in the majors and cap off a very big week for him with the celebration at the home of golf in the 150th Open. Instead, Smith stole the show by running off five straight birdies to start the back nine and delivering more clutch moments at the end. His 8-under-64 was the lowest final round by a champion in the 30-times golf oldest championship has been played at St. Andrews. Cameron Young discussing what shot made him think he actually had a chance of catching up and winning. I think my shot into, uh, my second shot into 13, uh, was really when I thought that, um, yeah, we can we can win this thing. Um, I think I had three birdies in a row before that, um, and then to hit that shot in there, well, the two shots, the drive and, and the second shot, uh, were two of the best all week, and, um, yeah, for that to go in, I think, was that, that was it for me. Well, McElroy certainly had his opportunities to win, but uh, once again, Cameron Smith, the winner, of the Open over the weekend. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up uh, this morning, have another chance for you to pick up some fantastic food, absolutely free, and all you have to do is answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, ranked 44, number 44 out of over 1,500 offices in the Berkshire Hathaway Home Services global network. We're talking three continents, 12 uh, different countries and they are ranked 44 in the world. Uh, if you need help with real estate, they can help. 208-888-4128. Our uh, answer today, if you're able to answer it correctly, you're going to get a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. That sounds like fun. Sounds like a great deal this morning. So uh, all you have to do is answer our question. Our question today, James Cameron, great filmmaker, was inspired to quit his job as a truck driver after dropping out of college and take a shot at the film industry. What movie inspired him to quit his job and try working in the film industry? There was a specific movie that he was like, oh, my gosh, I got to do this for my living. <laughs> and he's done a pretty good job of it. That's all I need to know. Listen in. After 8 o'clock, if you can answer correctly, you win.
Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The 77-page report from the Texas House Special Committee noting that despite 376 law enforcement officers on the scene, there was egregious poor decision-making on all levels. The rampage lasted 77 minutes until Border Patrol agents breached the classroom, killing the gunman at 12.52 p.m. School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo testified that they prioritized getting children evacuated over approaching the attacker. Missed or ignored, including interactions with other teenagers. Committee Chair Dustin Burroughs. He networked with his peers through social media and violent video games and ultimately had a fixation on school shootings and even developed the nickname School Shooter. The report says Salvador Ramos's family became aware that the 18-year-old had bought two assault-style rifles days before he used one of them to kill 19 children and two teachers. Jim Ryan, ABC News, San Antonio. Preliminary report uh, released yesterday by the Texas House Committee investigating the Uvalde uh, shooting, school shooting blaming multiple failures by those in position of power, including nearly 400 law enforcers who converged on the scene for not halting the massacre. Preliminary report describes systemic failures and egregious poor decision-making. Describes, so, so it would seem, yeah. Describes how police disregarded department active shooter training, how the school district did not adhere fully to its safety plan, and how the shooter's family did not recognize warning signs before the rampage. How scary is that, that his nickname was School Shooter? And not, you know, apparently not just from, you know, like one person. Oh, we called him, I called him the School Shooter. I mean, there were people on social media that he was on who referred to him as School Shooter. Like, you know, he was... Very casually, too. Like, hey, what's up, school shooter? Yeah. So apparently, I mean, there was enough warning signs there around people uh, around him. There were like, I, I don't want to say, you know, you could see this coming because yeah. the, the fact that they called him school shooter didn't, didn't mean, you know, immediately like, like oh, we got to do something. This guy's going to shoot up a school. But uh, you put everything else together and uh, there's warning signs there, apparently. I mean, you know, the nickname School Shooter just kind of does it for me. Kind of, doesn't it? Yeah. The report, uh, the most complete account yet of the response to the massacre, had swift fallout. Lieutenant Mariano Pargas, a Uvalde Police Department officer who was the city's acting police chief during the massacre, was placed on administrative leave yesterday after the report was released. The nearly 80-page report, details numerous shortcomings and failures by Uvalde School District and various law enforcement agencies and officers. Somebody was talking about uh, Columbine, that it was 23 years ago. And despite that, uh, there were still communication problems that day. Uh, there were still problems of figuring out, you know, who uh, had jurisdiction, who was in charge, wh- you know, when to do what. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, just you know twenty three years after after Columbine, every police department should be better organized than that. If in case of emergency, well, and this is this is a you know according to this preliminary report, I mean they had certain things that they're supposed to follow, and you know the training that they were supposed to have to 
put in place in an active shooter situation, mm-hmm. and none of that happened. Mm. You know, so that I mean, if you don't, if you have the training, if if you have the you know rules spelled out in a, in an active shooter situation for the police and the police agencies on what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do, and it, it still doesn't get followed, then there's there's a much bigger problem than the actual rules of a school shooting you know it's not getting to the people that it needs to get to and i mean i i hope that it the hope would be that we never see an active school shooting situation again that's you know you can probably say based on past history that that's not the case if you're going to hope anything it's that it just never happens again but if it does i i would hope that this report and what happened would force other police agencies schools to look at their communications i think the biggest breakdown was communications the biggest mistake it seems was not entering the classroom mm-hmm. and, and confront you know like with body armor or whatever you know entering the classroom and conf- confronting the shooter right away the report cites a breakdown of communication at the scene and confusion about who was in charge among the police officers mm-hmm. The Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District's written active shooter plan says its police chief, who was Pete Arenado at the time, should assume command during an active shooter situation. Although he was one of the first responders to the shooting, he failed to perform or to transfer to another person the role of incident commander. Other uh, police witnesses interviewed by the committee either assumed Arenado was in charge or couldn't tell if anyone was in charge due to the chaos at the scene. And I get that. And, and if he wasn't, apparently no one was. Yeah. I, I And I get that. Uh, yes, there is going to be huge chaos. But this is why you have specific people that are put in charge, and they take charge, and everybody knows that they are in charge. Um, the other thing that we showed talked about last week, the uh, preliminary video that was uh, released showed that they could have stopped the active shooter situation mm-hmm. before he entered the school and actually had killed anyone yeah. because he was in the sights, but because of the lack of leadership, couldn't get an answer to, well, can I take him out? Yesterday, they uh, announced that last week when they, uh, you know, last week when they uh, made the announcement that uh, the killer had been in somebody's sights but was, you know, allowed to go into the building, yesterday they said that didn't turn out to be true, that uh, the person or the, the sniper did have somebody in his sights, but it turned out to be one of the, the uh, teachers, a male teacher that was uh. trying to get kids off the playground. And so they just decided, okay, well, that, that wasn't you know, really the case. We, we didn't have the guy in our sights. Matt Middleton, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning. Uh, I was just going to talk, comment about the school shooters and stuff like that, or just um, anybody that has uh, uh, these mass shootings and on. Instead of uh, glorifying the shooter that decided to uh, shoot up school districts and keep talking about them, why don't we uh, glorify the guy who took them down or the people who took them down and start idolizing them and how much that uh, they should be respected and uh, well-deserved through the community for taking initiative and action, just like that 22-year-old who who uh, was caring and took down that shooter that happened in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I think that was fantastic. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the reason gonna- why you will never hear us mention the the name because I don't, I mean, a lot of them do want to be glorified. They're, they're like, hey, this is my last chance to go out in a blaze of glory. Everybody will be talking about me for weeks. And we hey, we kind of refuse to, to give the names. I don't think we've ever mentioned the, the name of one of the shooters. 
Well, I, I'm really just happy that uh, the actual news media in general was uh, talking about how a well-armed young man who took out that shooter as he decided to shoot up a uh, food court mall. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, it, may, it makes you wonder how many more people could have been killed had he not been there and taken action. Thank you for the, the best part was he was legally armed. Yep. Thank you for the call, Matt. Appreciate the thoughts. KBY News Time, 715. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Stick around. Uh, we'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in a few minutes. Looking like the stock market's going to be getting off to a good start. We'll uh, find out why. Uh, on the way in a few minutes right now, though, another check on what's going on uh, with sports and Rick Worthington's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Get in today for lunch. They open up at 1030 every day, Monday through Saturday. Sandwich, soups, salads, and wraps. The best food you're ever going to find. Get in and find out why they are rated number one in uh, the state of Idaho as the best deli. We are now at the Major League Baseball All-Star break following yesterday's games. In those games, we saw one of the uh, great matchups we see all year, the Red Sox taking on the New York Yankees. The Yankees, by the way, are the best team in baseball going into the break, and they looked pretty good yesterday, too. The 1-0 swung on. There it goes to right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, did Joey Gallo need that? Did he ever? Joey jacks one in the right field seats. That's why he's Pal Joey. A two-run blast, and the Yankees take a 13-2 lead. And the call there on WFAN Radio. Joey Gallo with that home run to right field. Uh, the Yankees went on to win over the Red Sox by a score of 13-2. By the way, uh, the New York Yankees are 64-28 and now going into the All-Star break. They are 13 games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a team that is 10 games over five hundred and still pretty good. The Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Orioles have all had really good seasons. I mean, the Orioles are 500 baseball team and a dead last place, 18 games behind. That's how good the AL West has been. Your other leaders in the AL Central, the Twins, have a record of 50 and 44. The Houston Astros have a score, or I'm sorry, a record of 59 and 32. By the way, the Mariners are now 51 and 42 going into the All Star break with a 14 game winning streak. Quickly, though, let's look at the uh, National League, where the Mets are the best in the East going into the break. Two and a half games better than the Braves at 58 and 35. The Brewers, the best in the Central at 50 and 43, just a half game better than the Cards. And the Dodgers, still the best in the National League with a record of 60 and 30. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk about your money. All the stock indexes are up ahead of the opening here in just a few minutes. But Jeremiah, I didn't want to talk about that today. I wanted to talk about the fact that the uh, dollar is up against, uh, once again, record highs against uh, the different currencies in the world. And I wanted you to give an idea of what that means for us, the consumer. What it, it, Does it mean anything? Well, I mean, it's yes and no. I mean, there's a, there's a few ways that we got to look at this, right? And believe it or not, I mean, it's a comment that I hear 
often is that you know there's concerns about the U.S. dollar. And in fact, if you look at this year, the U.S. dollar has been on a tear. And basically, the U.S. dollar is the world's most important important currency. And when you arrive in times of turmoil like we're in, investors want to go to a flight of relative, relatively safe and stable investment. And that is the U.S. dollar. And when we're looking at the strength of the U.S. dollar, it's important to kind of look at how it's gauged. So when you're talking about strength of the U.S. dollar, it's it's indexed against a basket of other currencies. And generally, you know, kind of bigger countries, major trading partners like Japan, the Eurozone. And when you're measuring from that level, the dollar's at a 20-year high. It's gained more than 10% this year. And the large and kind of the big reason behind this is because you have central bankers around the world trying to tame inflation by raising interest rates. And if you look at the the U.S., the Federal Reserve, it's moving much more quickly and much more aggressive than other central banks around the world. So as a result, you now have a bit of a higher return that's luring investors that are looking for a relatively conservative investment, like treasury bonds. So if you're looking at treasury bonds, you, you can actually get a decent, I mean, decent... <laughs> decent return. And we've seen a lot of money pour into these as you've seen the value of the dollar increase. So now for, for as a consumer, like what is this, what does a strong dollar mean to you? Hey, if you want to go on an international vacation, you can generally get those items in that country cheaper because your dollar from the U S your conversion, you'll get that triage. You'll get a bit of a bump. So does it mean anything for imports and exports? Imports and exports are a big one too, because you got to think if you are a if you if you're an emerging market country and you are exporting and and you need to pay for these items in dollars you're importing, you are you are at a loss. Like imagine Mike Casper is the U.S. I'm a different country and I need to get some of those items from Mike. I need to take my my country's currency, which is at a low, convert it to U.S. dollars to purchase that item, and it would certainly. I mean, it's it's basically the U.S. is exporting inflation to these other countries. I mean, so that's it's, essentially it's what it comes good down for to. the U.S. Then, right? Good for the U.S. as far as a trade surplus, but not so good for these emerging markets and other countries. Now, one thing you got to look at too is that these other countries they have the 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 interest that they have to pay in dollars becomes a uh, very difficult to to keep up with as you have their currencies depreciating as well. So um, it, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. There's some, there's some positives and, and some negatives. However, if you look at the strength of the U.S. dollar that we've seen, if you look at hap- what's happening in Europe with the energy crisis, you have Japan resisting to raise interest rates, you have right. China's COVID-19 lockdown, the likelihood of us uh, dealing with a strong dollar probably likely to stay, at least in the short term. All right. Jeremiah Bates, looking like uh, we're going to be opening up here to the good on all three indexes. We'll get an update from you in about an hour, plus the close later today, and then talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, Jets. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741, good morning. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through and take part in the show, please do so. Uh, 1-800-529-5264. Toll free from wherever you may be listening today. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Email in, no name on this one. I hate to admit it, but it seems your news coverage is becoming uh, more biased all the time. I thought Idaho could do better. What's with your statement that Dorothy Moon is hard right? Right? Yes. She was just elected chairman of the Republicans 
uh, hard. That's a judgment call, an opinion. I thought opinions were to be left out of the news. Could you give some examples of hard right? My thoughts, it takes more than one example to qualify as hard. Let's hear a few. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I think, I think one of them that you could use that people think Dorothy Moon would be considered far right or, or hard right is the fact that she doesn't think Joe Biden won the election. Mm. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, I think uh, that number one would probably be the, the main one right that, there. That, that, that falls more in line with, uh, say, you know, Trump fans and whatnot than it does maybe middle of the road parts of the party. And you got to remember when they when they talk about far right, you know, it could be just a comparison to Tom Luna. Yeah, Tom Luna uh, could be considered, you know, right down the middle conservative. And if Dorothy Moon is to the right of that, she would be far right of that. Yeah, there we go. Kent wrote in to say Idaho Superintendent of Education should take the Uvalde school shooting investigative report and recommendations and hold an emergency meeting with all of the school district administrators and associated police departments across Idaho to ensure all failures identified are addressed completely at every school in Idaho. If additional precautions, training, and accountabilities are needed, take them immediately. There should be no excuses for failures experienced in Uvalde to ever happen henceforth. It's kind of what we said a little bit earlier. I, I, I don't think it should be just Idaho schools and, and Idaho police departments who should be taking this to heart. I think every state, every school district, every police department should look at the failures of this and go, all right, we want to make sure that this absolutely does not happen. If, God forbid, school shooting situation, active school shooter situation happens in our district, in our state, in any one of the towns, I mean, that, that's the one thing that you can do is take this report and, and instead of just saying, oh, this is just horrible and then throwing it in the wastebasket, look at it and go, all right, if this happened here, it would, would we suffer the same lack of leadership, which is, I think you could read most into the report. And then, like I said, this is a preliminary report that, that it sounds like that there was the biggest problem was there was a huge lack of leadership. Nobody knew who was in charge. Nobody yeah. knew who was. Well, and nobody took orders. charge. Yeah, and nobody took charge. Even, even those who uh, should have uh, didn't. They just kind of looked around for somebody else to do it. And according to the video, um, then 77 minutes later, it, it took to get into the school and stop, stop the shooter. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. By the way, just to uh, let you know, once again, Jim Smith is going to be on with us coming up here at about 835. He attended the Idaho GOP convention. He'll uh, be here to talk about the highlights. And then later this afternoon, Nate Schellen, after 3 o'clock, the newly elected chairman of the GOP, Dorothy Moon, will be on uh, with Nate Schellen this afternoon. So that's all coming up here. On News Talk KBOI, time for your final check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in East Boise. Get in today and find out why they are ranked the number one deli in the state of Idaho. Check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Good morning. You know, great winning streaks don't come around every single day. With 13 in a row heading into Sunday, the Seattle Mariners looking for the second longest winning streak in their franchise history. Mariners looking for a clutch base hit. Here's the set. And the 2-2 on the way to Raleigh. Swing and a well-hit ball down the right field line. A line shot, and it is gone. Cal Raleigh with his 13th home run of the season. More home runs than any catcher in the American League. A two-run line shot 
into the lower deck down the right field line. It's now the Mariners 2 and the Rangers 1. Number. That was the call on Cairo Radio. Cal Raleigh with that home run to right field. Scored Suarez in the top of the fourth inning. And they'd need a little more help. And the 1-0 pitch to tie. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Calhoun going back, looking up, and goodbye baseball. Off the facing of the second level, Ty France celebrates his all-star selection before the game with a home run here in the top of the fifth. His 11th home run of the season. And it's now the Mariners 3 and the Rangers 1. And with that... Just a little more help in the Mariners to the 6-2 win, and they enter the All-Star break with a 14-game winning streak. Now, the Mariners did something else important yesterday. They selected a shortstop with their number one overall selection in the Major League Baseball draft. He's a left-handed hitter. His name is Cole Young. He is a shortstop, and he is darn good. He was ranked number 20 overall in this year's top 250 draft prospects from the Major League Baseball pipeline. Uh, He is expected to be very, very good, especially with the bat. And at the shortstop position, you know, that's a pretty good deal. So once again, Cole Young drafted by the Mariners in the first round yesterday. I'm Rick Worthington. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700-POUND, 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Also toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. You can email uh, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Text us. Same as our main number, by the way, uh, in talking about the Uvalde uh, preliminary report. Um, text message in. Uh, writes, but what does Matthew McConaughey think? Because I want my value to, to come from some Hollywood star. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to unplug my car, say goodbye to my lesbian Eskimo poet wife. She's working on her sixth useless degree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he has an interesting life. Dave writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com. Rick needs to give up reporting on sports if he thinks the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the wor- worst. Rick, you need to go watch an NBA All-Star Game, or better yet, the NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would 100% agree with you. Um, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, probably the best. I, I, I don't know who I would put ahead. The NFL Pro Bowl is definitely worthless. I mean, good grief, they don't even tackle people. I, You're not have allowed you ever to seen hit the, people in the Pro Bowl. Have you ever watched the NHL All-Star I, Game I hockey? Not, I'm not a big hockey fan, so I've never mm. watched an it's, NHL it's, it's hockey not, game. It's not bad as hockey games go. So, but yeah, the worst so is the Pro be, Bowl. They don't even block each other in the Pro Bowl. And I, I would say the NBA All Star Game. Also, they don't play defense. At least in the in the Major League Baseball All Star Game, you you players play defense. Players hit. Pitchers are are trying to throw their best pitches. Mm-hmm. It's not just a hey, we'll show up and this is kind of an exhibition game. Even though it is just an exhibition, exhibition game. game. Um, I mean, know, nothing nothing made that more clear than the year that uh, there was a 7-7 tie mm-hmm. because they had no more eligible pitchers, and so they just decided the game was over. Yeah. Now, it used to be back in the old days, a guy could start the All-Star game and pitch six or seven innings. But now, pretty much if you pitch one inning or two <laughs> innings, you're done. 
could you imagine what would happen to uh, an all-star game manager if he took a pitcher from one of his rivals in yeah. his his, and, and then his league, yeah, exactly. and then pitched him seven innings in an all-star game? Could you imagine the outrage of what would well, happen if a, a manager did that? In the old days, they wouldn't even have been looked at. Now, now it's, yeah. it, it, it would be considered sabotage to the other team. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. I don't know. I hate pitch counts anyway. I guess they're necessary, but I, I don't like them. It's you know taking away complete games and no hitters. Well, it's changed pitching completely. I mean, you, you wouldn't have near the relief pitching that you have now. True. Because they're just – I mean, you look at – and I know there are examples, but a lot of other examples. But you look at Nolan Ryan and the number of complete games that he pitched, mm-hmm. even throwing as hard as he did. How did that guy not be injured and have lose his career? You know, he pitched what till into his forties. He was uh, doing things like uh, aerobic type exercise long before anybody he else was. Became, po- became popular. Yeah, he. He had very strong legs, too. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, we'll take a break here. Stock market is continuing to be up, officially open, 238 points on the Dow. On the way in the coming hour, still have a chance for you to get that $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. Want to win it? Want to know the question you should be working on? We'll give, to the, uh, give that to you coming up next. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. On the way for you uh, in just about 20 minutes, have a chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to the Bonefish Grill in downtown Boise. Great food, by the way. A chance for you to get $50, get yourself a great meal. Uh, and all you have to do is answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. It is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with the global network. If you're looking for help in real estate, and real estate is uh, changing every single day, it seems like. High interest rates, prices dropping back, looking to sell or buy, maybe even invest in real estate. Find out how. 208-888-4128. Our question today, James Cameron. The uh, brilliant producer was inspired to quit his job as a truck driver after dropping out of college and take a shot at the film industry. There is one specific movie that inspired him to do that. What movie inspired him to quit his job? You know the answer? Stick around. 20 minutes, you got that $50 gift certificate to Bonefish. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 8 o'clock hour we go. Uh, reminder coming up this Friday, Nate Shelman out and about again. Uh, you can join Nate for the uh, Hometown Happy Hour, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. This coming Friday, uh, he is going to be headed to uh, Spring Creek Brewing Company at Avonmore. So uh, those of you who might be headed out of town to head to McCall, Cascade, one of those areas, you might want to pull off the road and get a little refreshment before you go. Um <laughs> Pizza, burgers, not, not wings. That, not that you should drink and drive. Sandwiches. Well, if you have a designated driver, you can drink as much as you want. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, craft beer, a whole lot more. Once again, this is uh, at Avamore, Highway 55 and Avamore, 3 until 6 o'clock, the hometown happy hour. Once again, brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Another week, another uh, fun time with Nate Shellman. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us today, easy to do either through our phone lines or you can also uh, email us, Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. 
Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook or text us, same as our main number. Um, no name on this one. It's email, mike at kboi.com. Why no news coverage of the GOP convention? Um, I don't know what you've been listening to for the last yeah, we've we've had it in the hours. news. We've had it in the newscast every half hour, and we've been promoting the fact that at eight thirty we're going to be talking to uh, one of the delegates. Chris uh, and I talked but, but about yeah. it in the six o'clock hour. But yeah, I guess apart from that, we've ignored it. <laughs> we we we've talked a lot. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the main subjects that we've talked about this morning. I will remind you in case you have missed this, Jim Smith. Um, who has filled in for Nate Shulman at times on his show. And that's the Jim Smith. The big Jim Smith. Um, He attended the Idaho GOP convention. He's one of the delegates. He will be on with us coming up here in just about half an hour. He'll be talking about some of the highlights, things that went on. He'll be talking about Dorothy Moon, who has been uh, elected chairwoman over Tom Luna. Uh, Also coming up this afternoon, if that isn't enough of the GOP convention coverage for you, Coming up this afternoon, exclusively here on News Talk KBOI, the newly elected chairwoman of the Idaho GOP will be on Nate Shellman's show. That'll be coming up right after 3 o'clock. So once again, if you want to get full coverage, this is the station to listen to. We've been talking about it. We'll continue to talk about it. And the person who will now be in charge of the Republican Party in the state of Idaho will also be on the show with Nate Shellman here on News Talk KBOI. Coming up later this afternoon. 93.1 FM and 670 AM. Let's see. Instant message here from Kevin. I listen to your show every morning. The issue of electric cars, which we talked about last week, has major downfalls. I owned one. Unless they changed, each manufacturer has a different plug. They cost more than conventional autos. The cost of registration is two to three times the amount for a gas engine. If the battery goes, it is cheaper to purchase a new car. Saving fuel is a good idea, but they are doing like the new subdivisions and then then thinking about a road then thinking about road road improvements uh thanks for listening i enjoy your show thank you kevin well and quite frankly the registration should be three times more expensive because you don't pay gas tax you're you know electric car users are using the highways just like people who drive gas vehicles Mm -hmm. they need the roadways so there's got to be some way if you're not being charged a surcharge on tax on the electricity, then, you know, a way to get that money to help pay for the roads, just like everybody else, since you do use them, would be to uh, charge you higher registration rates, which that, it sounds like that, that they do. What's that famous uh, government statement? Oh, yeah, we will get your money. One way or the other. One way right? or the other, we'll get it. Isn't that so true? It is. Um, and uh, we got another email in, and this was somebody who was responding last week as we were talking about, because some of the things that we talked about having to do um, with the electric vehicles is, you know, where that power comes from. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, we can, you know, we don't have to build, burn coal or fossil fuels if we would just build more solar panels and, and things like that, wind, wind uh, mills. Uh, this person writes in and says, the solar panels, panels offered by Idaho Power has you sign a paper that you understand that solar panels last only 10 years and solar panels are not recycled, they cannot be recycled. Interesting. I did not know that, that Idaho Power makes you aware of certain limitations of solar power. Hmm, interesting. I uh, have never installed solar panels, so I guess I didn't know about that. I didn't know about it either, but thank you for sharing. Much appreciated. 
another email in uh, having to do with the uh, GOP convention. Uh, no name on this one either. It says, so Dorothy Moon must not be too hard right if she says Biden is an illegitimate president and the Republican Party voted her in as their chairperson over Tom Luna. Doesn't ha- sound hard right to me. I, I don't, I'm not even quite sure what you're saying there. I mean, it, just because one thing is true doesn't mean the other thing can't be true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, again, she may have just been to the right of Tom Luna, mm-hmm. or she may have been sitting to the right of Tom Luna. We don't, we don't know exactly. That's why we're going to talk to Jim Smith. Yeah. We'll uh, find out. There were 31, I think, resolutions that uh, were up at the convention that started last Thursday. Now, that'll be interesting, too, the, you know, the content. What did they come up with as a platform? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those resolutions, including one already adopted by Texas Republicans, that President Joe Biden isn't the legitimate leader of the country. That was apparently one of the resolutions that they were going to take up. We'll find out how that went, what that means. Both the Idaho and Texas resolutions contend that secretaries of state circumvented their state legislatures, even though both states have Republican secretaries of state. Jim Jones, a former chief justice of the Idaho Supreme Court, as well as a former Republican state attorney general, called the resolution rejecting the 2020 presidential election results, quote, asinine, noting that multiple courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court, rejected attempts to overturn the election. Instant message here, not signed, but it says, people may not know that the first cars were electric, so way back then they knew fuel was the better choice, because back then they dropped the electric cars and went to uh, gas, apparently. Hmm. I did not know that. Man, if we have trouble finding places to plug in now, <laughs> back then, where, yeah. were, where were they plugging in back then? There were homes that didn't even have electricity back then. Can I borrow your outlet? Oh, we don't have any outlet. What's an outlet? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, among some of the other proposed uh, Idaho Republican Party resolutions this past weekend, uh, one calling for not recognizing imaginary identities. Okay, what now? That was one of the uh, resolutions that they uh, voted on this past weekend. That basically is a resolution aimed at transgender people. Oh, okay, I see. It's imaginary. I see. Multiple resolutions involve voting, several focusing on people not deemed sufficiently Republican enough to vote in Republican primaries. Now, I don't, how would you, how would you identify someone who isn't Republican enough? Well, and can you legally do that? If a person is registered as a Republican, uh, you know, they they might even be a communist. You have no idea. Uh, da, 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 da. They're not Republican enough. They're not allowed to vote. Yeah, but Republican, how, do you, how do you prove that? That's what I mean. I, 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 there's some of the res- resolutions that they were voting on I don't understand. But like I said, Jim Smith, who attended the Idaho GOP convention, sometimes fills in for Nate Shulman on his show. Going to be on with us coming up here in about 20 minutes. And like I uh, mentioned, uh, make a uh, programming note, Dorothy Moon, who was just elected, elected uh, Idaho chairwoman for the GOP, will be on with Nate Shelman coming up this afternoon after 3 o'clock. Drive home live and local with Nate Shelman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible questions. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Cindy is going to get first crack at her question today for a $50 gift certificate to Bonefish Grill. Cindy, James Cameron. Yes. 
inspired to quit yeah. his job after dropping out of college and take a uh, shot at the film industry. He uh, was inspired when he saw a movie. What specific movie inspired him to quit his job as a truck driver and say, you know, what the heck, this this film industry thing seems really easy. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Which okay. movie was it? Star Wars. Star Wars. You think it's Star Wars? Yeah. That, that's a pretty good guess because it is Star, Star Wars. Wars. 1977, Woo! yes. Um, man, who knew the film industry would be that easy? James Cameron, of course, is responsible for some of the biggest films well, of all know, time. Terminator was, was uh, fewer than 10 years after that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Titanic in the 90s, and then uh, right after the turn of the century, Avatar. Avatar. And, and they made billions. Yeah, Avatar turned out to, to be the most watched movie in, in history up to that time. At that time, yeah. New Avatars are uh, due to be released, I think, later this year. Uh, the sequel, I think, is supposedly supposed to come out two and three later this year and next year. So, James Cameron, uh, looks like he made a good choice, not only one, dropping out of school, but giving up his truck driver job. Uh, congratulations, Cindy. We got a $50 gift certificate for you. Bonefish Grill, uh, hang on the line. We'll get some info. That's what we're giving away all this week, by the way, for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible questions. So, for those of you who are in on hold trying to win, uh, don't worry, coming up uh, the rest of this week, uh, about the same time, we'll give you a chance to win $50 gift certificates to Bonefish Grill. Stick around. Coming up here next, we're going to take a break. We've got news coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then, as promised, Big Jim Smith uh, was at the uh, GOP convention in Twin Falls this weekend. It's a delegate. Uh, he is going to give us a uh, review of what happened, some of the things they talked about, some of the highlights as Dorothy Moon uh, will be the new Idaho GOP chairwoman elected this weekend over Tom Luna. We'll talk with Jim Smith coming up here next in about 10 minutes. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 837, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, and uh, with us this morning, uh, sometimes fill-in host for Nate Shellman. Jim Smith is uh, with us to uh, talk about the recently completed Idaho GOP convention in Twin Falls, which he attended. My first question, Jim, first of all, thanks for being with us. And my first question to you is, are you sure you're Republican enough to be able to report on this? I know. Isn't that funny? (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, guys. Good morning, morning, Jim. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad. I kind of wish they would only do these every four years. Because they are really tough uh, three, four, three and a half days that happen. They occur every two years. And, and I kind of wish that they would do the election of officers every four years, even if we're going to meet every two years. It's, it's really a difficult time. And I always come home and it's like, I, I, I kind of know how a woman feels after childbirth. And they say, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and then you go back and you do it anyway. So I, I was texting with Congressman Fulcher last night, and I said, gosh, I now that I'm a district chairman, I'm I'm kind of stuck. I have to go back again, and, and I have to do more meetings. And he says, well, stick with it. i gotta, I got to tell you how he defined the Republican Party. So it'll tell you if you're Republican enough. He says, Jim, about the negativity, because I, I told him that it just really bothered me, the, the backstabbing. He says, I know it's unpleasant, but it's our nature to be independent, opinionated, and strong-willed. These conventions have been that way ever since I've been involved compared to the D's sheepy or sheeple demeanor where they will follow their leader over a cliff if asked. I prefer arguments with a patriot any day. So 
I think Congressman Fulcher defined it for me. I was ready for the show this morning. I think he's listening on the airplane back to Washington, as a matter of fact. But it it was really, it's productive. And I think, as I've been listening to you the last hour or so, I, I think what gets missed is people have to understand, we didn't make laws. This is our club, just like the Democrats are a club. Uh, and when you go, come and protest at our club, you're probably not going to influence us to to change. We had protesters there uh, wrapped around this Roe v. Wade deal. Uh, the, and I'm telling you that, that this club is going to decide on what, on what box we stand, on what ground we stand politically, ethically, morally, and that's, that's what we expect our candidates to abide by. So if you're, uh, if you're expecting that, that it's going to be, there's always going to be crazy stuff that's going to be presented. And that's some of the stuff you were talking about. Are you Republican enough? What were some of the other ones, Mike, that were? Um, well, one of them is that I find interesting, um, the resolution, and I don't know if it passed or not, um, following the Texas resolution that was passed a month ago stating that we reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election. Yeah. So somebody presented that. It went to a committee, the resolutions committee, where they they vet these things out. They rewrite them. They amend them. Uh, or they reject them. And, and out of the 31 that were brought to the resolutions committee, only 13 made it to the floor. So, and, and those were all passed. Now, the, the tomfoolery that ensued to get them passed was kind of interesting. We had seven, <laughs> 735 of us there. And they're long days, and you're sitting in those crappy seats in that auditorium. They're worn out seats. I don't care who you are, your rear end's going to be sore all the way home just from sitting in that auditorium for, for two full days. But uh, just before we had passed the, the uh, platform and those improvements, which, again, of all of the platform recommendations that came forth to that committee, only a few of them made it actually to uh, just modifications in the platform. Uh, but right before resolutions, and there was one important minority report that was going to be brought forward. I'll tell you about that in a second. The uh, One of the organizers of the convention, uh, one, a delegate from Twin Falls County, stood up and called for a roll call. And then he said, invited everybody to leave and go home. And a bunch of people did. They had this planned. Uh, that number of them got up and walked out. And then we had to spend the next 30 minutes doing a roll call. And we still had our quorum, so we were able to proceed. the The resolutions, as uh, as brought forth by the resolutions committee, passed. The minority report was regarding the lawsuit against Bonneville County, and that's what they were trying to trip up. They didn't want to see that dropped, and and now by resolution, uh, chair uh, uh, Chairwoman Moon is going to be able to go forth and and dismiss that case because the uh, the body has authorized her to do that. So it's just kind of funny the way these grown-ups act and play uh, sometimes and, and how we talk to each other. I mean, I'm even I'm even pretty brutal, but um uh, it, it just despite despite my commentary and my uh, the way some people acted was just unbelievable, but like Russ said, I would rather fight with a patriot any day than be a sheeple. So Jim, it, was was there anything in in the uh, three and a half days that really really surprised you? Um, no, because I've done five of these out of the last seven, and it's it it never ceases to amaze me. And like Russ said, it, of of all of them that he's been to, he's been to a lot more than I have. It, this is the way we are. 
So there's nothing that really surprises me. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing that, that really impressed me. A number of these resolutions that was brought forth were brought forth by Brandon Durst. And as you know, Brandon ran for superintendent of public instruction. I didn't vote for him. I like Brandon. I even like him more now after the convention because I see somebody who was able to go from one side of the aisle to the other. And, man, he's way on the Republican side now. And I'm. It, those are the kind of things that surprise me are the changes of people's hearts. Um, I, I was proud of all the Republicans for being kind to the protesters. The protesters weren't as kind to the Republicans, but uh, nobody taunted them or teased them. They tried to visit with them, but that that was not going to occur. But um, it, it, everyone was friendly to them. Um, they had nothing, nothing really, Chris, that stood out as a surprise. Uh, it was what you would expect. By the time these filter through these committees and they make it to the floor, and then our then our club, the Republican Party, has. Uh, now we have a direction to go for the next two years. Was there anything that was a big change? Uh, the, uh, there were a couple of things. They're working hard on this anti-crossover resolution. Uh, there are a number of cases, one in Kootenai County, where a registered Democrat went and declared as a Republican, ran and won as a Republican. <laughs> and so there, th- th- we put uh, pieces into place that will prevent uh, candidates from doing that. Likewise, you hear where they were talking about the electorate and trying to control the electorate. If if you have uh, affiliated with another party, you need to wait 25 months before you can affiliate with the Republican Party as part of the platform. Uh, some of these things, this is one of those that Brandon Durst actually brought forth, a guy who converted over. Uh, and uh, and I was on the rules committee, and so he brought that forth in rules, but it also came forth in, in platform. So uh, those are some of the things that, uh, that really stood out was we've got a, protecting the party, protecting the party integrity. And it's not trying to keep anybody from voting or blocking of the electorate. It's to say, you want to vote with our club, you have to agree to these rules. We're talking with uh, Big Jim Smith once again, sometimes fill in for Nate Showman, host of his show, also district chairman with the uh, GOP. We're going to take a break here. Can you stay on for one more segment? Got a few oh, more bet. questions Absolutely. for you. All right. When we come back, we'll have more with uh, Jim Smith. Phone lines, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, we'll take your phone calls coming up after news at the top of the hour. If you want to start emailing, you can do that. Chris at KBY.com and Mike at KBY.com. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 851, uh, Chris Walton, Mike Casper, and Jim Smith with us this morning. Sometimes fill in uh, host for the Nate Showman Show. Also one of the uh, district chairman for the Idaho GOP. Attended the GOP convention over the uh, weekend. We're just talking about that. I, I love how you uh, describe it, and, and maybe that allays some people's uh, fears for better, of, uh, for better term, lack of a better term, was, you know, this is, this is not law. This is our club coming up with the rules that we are going to abide by. And if you don't like it, you don't have to be a member of the club. Well, and even at that, the majority are the ones that determine these resolutions and these rules. And there's there's a, well, at this time around, there's a minority that even if this makes legislation, they'll fight against some of this stuff happening. 
So, uh, you know, the resolutions that did pass, there were 13 of them, and one of those was unequivocal support for Israel, the anti-crossover, which is keeping uh, Democrats from being a part of our party, a resolution affirming Idaho's Second Amendment sanctuary state and reaffirming red flag laws as unconstitutional. We know with that new legislation coming out of Washington, that's important. The Idaho Children's uh, Bill of Rights passed a resolution to affirm the Idaho, Idaho GOP flat platform in the platform that American combat troops should not be used as world police, safer internet for children, ESG, anti-discrimination resolution. Um, and we, we've talked about ESG. I've, I've mm-hmm. talked about it when I filled in for Nate. He, he had a couple of shows. Privatizing Idaho public television, which I think is huge. A resolution to further secure Idaho elections, crossover voting, partisan municipal elections, voter identification, and a resolution to refuse to recognize imaginary identities. Uh, which the Republicans are are determining that we're really actually the ones that that watch science. So, and it was just a very brief uh, resolution. But those those are the ones that actually passed on the floor. And then, of course, the minority report, report that I told you about. There were some just modifications to the platform regarding abortion um, and uh, abortion rights, health and welfare. Party affiliation again is in the uh, platform. Taxes, redistricting, uh, a section on the judicial interpretation, religious liberty, and then again, children. And it's, uh, th- th- those were, so out of all of those, the 30 or so in each of those committees, those are the ones that survived. All right. Now, the credentials committee, th- they met. We, I was on rules. Rules and credentials meet only the first day on Thursday. We br- have the rules for this convention is what we uh, set, and, and there are recommendations for those rules. None of those survived except for half of a resolution, and it was already involved, in, in, or half of a rule, and it was already included in, in the uh, platform. So it was moot anyway, but credentials is where they verify all of the delegates. And I understand there's a caller that wants to talk about what happened at that yes. committee. Matter uh, of fact, let's go to uh, Kevin and Caldwell. You had a question for uh, Jim Smith. Yeah, thanks. I sure appreciate getting the chance to ask him. I uh, learned that uh, during this uh, early on in the convention, I think the first day out or so, that uh, one of our Canyon County uh, delegates tried to disqualify all the other delegates at the convention. That was Tracy Wasson, you know, the wife of of, uh, Lawrence Wasson. And I'm trying to figure out why that was done and why she'd even think that's possible when, you know, even though it's a private group, you're elected with taxpayer funded elections and these people are the public's choice who picked these delegates. So why in the world did she think it was correct to, to disqualify our delegates in Canyon County? Well, and actually the delegates, we, we all, all of us had a number of delegates that are not PCs or precinct committeemen. Uh, if a, you might have in Canyon County, I, I mean, you might have 60, uh, precinct committeemen, but not everybody can serve at the convention. So citizens can volunteer to come. Nobody gets paid for this. Um, and and what Tracy did was just do her level best to to rock the boat. So you've heard the military term, throw it against the wall and see what sticks. That's what Tracy was doing, and it didn't work. Uh, I was in the rules committee. I got a, a Facebook message from someone that says Tracy's trying to disqualify the Canyon delegation, and it didn't work. I don't know what her reasoning was. I don't know what she brought forth in that committee, but whatever it was, it was it it wasn't enough to disqualify. So all the entire slate of 735 delegates were uh, were ver- validated and verified and, and confirmed. 
All right. Thank you for the call, Kevin. Appreciate it. Hopefully that answers the question for you. Jim, you said this was your, your fifth one. Uh, what is, what's the main difference, if any, between uh, the, the uh, Republican Party in Idaho, the first convention you went to, and now? You know, it's funny because the first one I went to was in Twin Falls, and it was very much like this. I've been to Moscow. I've been to Nampa a couple of times, and then back to Twin Falls, and uh, it, it's it, very much the same. Moscow was like this, but but the uh, when they did the roll call, when they called for the roll call, the majority left, and so we had to stop. And I was really upset. I had a lot of time, treasure, uh, uh, and personal investment in being there, going to Moscow, you know, paying for the hotel, the travel, and and somebody felt that it was okay to nullify my time. And I just think the one thing that that Republicans need to do is respect one another a little better, and. Uh, if you want to have an argument, make it on, on platform right. policy. But, you know, other than that, leave it alone. I Jim Smith, um, thank you uh, for taking time and uh, telling us about the Idaho GOP uh, convention, district chairman, sometime fill in for uh, Nate Shellman. Thanks for being with us today. Don't forget, Dorothy Moon will be on with Nate coming up this afternoon. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour we go. Uh, the uh, stock market, by the way, just a quick reset. Still up, not as much as it was up uh, earlier, up about 288 points uh, now, but still up 162 points which is good because it was up a bunch on Friday, continuing today. looks like all three of the indexes continue to be up. We'll get another update from uh, Jeremiah Bates, if it holds true, uh, coming up here at the close of the uh, stock market in the uh, 12 o'clock hour today. He'll give you an update on that. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. want to talk about uh, the recently concluded... GOP convention in Twin Falls over the weekend. We just had uh, Jim Smith on with us talking about it. Kind of interesting because he was right there on the uh, battle lines. He is uh, an Idaho um, delegate, and uh, once again, he got to be there over the weekend, so giving us firsthand view. He's also a district chairman. Uh, appreciate him coming on with us this morning. Some of the uh, resolutions that we talked about never made it out of committee. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, 18 of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Out of the 31. Uh, didn't get a chance to ask him about because it, he, he he said, even he admitted, I can't remember the exact term that he uh, used, but um, I, I think uh, you, you could say there was some craziness that went on. You want to tell a pizza party story? That, that, that one was <laughs> one we didn't get a chance to ask him about it. But that, I mean, <laughs> that is so juvenile that I love it. Um because as a uh, program director in my years in radio before, mm-hmm. th- this is some of the... And uh, I, can, I can vouch for what you're about to say. <laughs> this is some of the dirty tricks that you, we used to play on other radio stations. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, uh, Rep- Republican Party Chairman Tom Luna, who was campaigning, got beat by Dorothy Moon, um, was going to have a uh, free pizza party for uh, the attendees of the Idaho GOP. It's called Pizza and Patriots. It was advertised to all delegates so everybody could show up for their uh, free pizza. Um, However, there was some confusion caused at the uh, event on Thursday night because apparently somebody had taken, changed the name 
of the pizza party and called it free pizza for the homeless. <laughs> and uh, and then distributed the uh, distributed the flyers. those flyers out to some of the homeless shelters and around town. And so, um, for instance, one of the examples that they used, Tyler Hurst, Republican campaign staffer who organized the uh, Pizza and Patriots event, said he was sitting in the hotel where the event took place and saw a child come up to the desk and uh, ask if this was the place they could go for their free pizza dinner. He realized immediately what was happening. That the child probably wasn't a delegate. Mm -hmm. Hearst said he told them that there was free pizza for everyone, that it was a town hall event. Hearst uh, said he spoke with Moon, who told uh, him that she had no knowledge of the action and thought it was terrible. A representative for Valley House, one of the major shelters for people facing homelessness, homelessness in Twin Falls, confirmed that a man had dropped off the alternate flyers on Thursday. She didn't know who the person was, but she thought that it was great and distributed them to everybody in the shelter. <laughs> Why would you think that it, it's you know? And I guess everybody was a welcome. Dirty trip. Right? Yeah. So it, it ended up you know being that Tom Luda also said you know what I'm not going to turn homeless people away so yeah everybody that wants to come in for homeless people i think are also allowed to vote yes they are might be a good way to uh, get some of uh, those people who are possibly hungry homeless signed up for the republican party if they're deemed republican enough not that the republican party is scratching for every last member it can get in in idaho it's never really at least not in idaho (laughs) terribly necessary to do that want to remind you once again, uh, the newly elected GOP chairwoman, Dorothy Moon, will be on with Nate Shellman coming up here this afternoon. Uh, that'll be just after 3 o'clock. If you want to uh, tune in, you can listen in then. Your thoughts on the GOP convention, if you want to weigh in, you can do that uh, either by calling us or uh, sending us an email, mike at kboi.com, chris at kboi.com. Idaho, Idaho boy writes in, uh, election laws were relaxed by several states, including the swing states. No actual audits were done until later, and in only some of those, the Supreme Court, out of fear... Wait a minute. How do you know the Supreme Court was scared? All right. You just lost me right there. The Supreme Court, out of fear, failed to do their constitutional duty to mediate redresses states have with each other. Magically, Biden campaigning from his basement got the most votes of all time, yet accepting these uh, makes one far right. How is the head of the sand working out? Oh, how is the head in the sand working out? Enjoying inflation and gas prices? We deserve them for ignoring the evidence. Jim has written in and says, this is a different Jim, by the way. He says, this is a big deal. The Justice Department is adding prosecutors and resources to its investigation into the actions of former President Donald Trump's allies to overturn the 2020 election as the related congressional hearings have turbocharged interest in Mr. Trump's own role in that effort. The Wall Street Journal reports a Justice Department team focusing on elements of the investigation beyond the violence at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, has in recent weeks been given more personnel, office space and an expanded mandate. Trump's cronies are in high distress and the pressure on Trump tightens. That was Jim Boise. Once again, how do you know the pressure on Trump cronies is heightened? Are you just guessing, or is that, you know, a fact that you know about? I think that, that makes that a was, difference. I think that's what it, you know. His call from from looking at the situation, he thinks that's what's going on. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how. It, it's hard to say if they're if if they're you know freaking out. If they're yeah, you can never know exactly 
what's in somebody's mind or what's in somebody's heart, but you can make an educated guess. Yeah. I mean, you've already heard that the hearing committee has already said that they're not going to be making any, um, well, what's the term, uh, uh, for uh, criminal action against Trump. Indictments. Indictments. They're, they're not going to be doing that. That's not part of the hearing, which after you know watching the hearing would probably be difficult which to is, do. Which is also why they don't have to have cross-examination. Exactly. Which may be the reason that they don't have cross-examination, so that they don't have to do that. Right. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. A couple of other things to talk about this morning. Um, two shootings. The uh, Uvalde school shooting report came out yesterday. This is the preliminary report. The uh, complete final report won't be out for a while. However, the uh, preliminary report is scathing as we thought that it might be after the video was released last week. This is the uh, Texas House Committee investigating the Uvalde school shooting, blame multiple failures by those in positions of power, including nearly 400 law enforcers who converged on the scene for not halting the massacre. Basically, they're saying this could have been stopped had the police done their job. There was systematic, systematic failures. I wish they had just known who was supposed to be in charge, you know, that day. Who was supposed, who's, who, who normally would be in charge? The police chief of the town, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So was it, I mean, it, why didn't he take control? Why didn't somebody? That's a good question. That was, you know, based, I mean, they had training in active shooter situations. The police department did. They had a manual on what, to do and what not to do in active shooter situations, and apparently none of it was followed, according to this report. Once again, preliminary report. Um, the preliminary, preliminary report describes systemic failures and egregious poor decision-making, unquote. Now, there again, if somebody was in charge, one of the things they apparently ordered people to do was if, you, if there was a cop uh, who had a child at the school... They were, they were keeping them from going in. And, and why? Who told them to do that? Mm-hmm. The uh, police disregarded department active shooter training. School district did not adhere fully to its safety plan, and the shooter's family did not recognize warning signs before the rampage. Like I said, they're not, th- this preliminary report is not saying, hey, there mm-hmm. were some mistakes made. Um, Everything was a mistake. Systemic failures and egregious poor decision-making. And the shooter, of course, that was part of the the school district not following its own safety procedures. Is The the shooter was able to just get into the building by walking to a door that was propped open already and Mm -hmm. supposed to be locked. The report had uh, swift fallout after it came out yesterday. Lieutenant Mariano Pargas, Uvalde Police Department officer who was the city's acting police chief during the massacre, was placed on administrative leave after the report was released. Maybe the first of many, or already the third I, of many. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is, this is necessarily going to be possibly the end. The most important thing that I think you get from this is, I hope the rest of the country is watching and saying, all right, let, mm-hmm. maybe we need to look at our... Well, and if you look at you know, things like Twitter and Facebook, people are calling for this all over. 
you know, let's let's uh, do some drills. Let's make everything, you know, because the kids drilled about these sorts of things, and the kids knew what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the ones, obviously, that were in the classroom with the shooter. Uh, they were in a bad position, the worst. Yeah, nothing but, that they really could do. But the other kids, you know, were, were following procedure and getting out of there the way they should. The report cites a uh, breakdown in communication at the scene and confusion about leadership among the police officers. The Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District written active shooter plan says its police chief, in this case Pete Arenado, would assume command during an active shooter. Although he was one of the first responding to the shooting, he failed to perform or to transfer to another person the role of incident commander, according to the report. So apparently nobody was in charge. Yeah. And nobody knew who was in charge, or nobody knew that nobody was in charge. And, you know, when you have, what they, I think there was 376 officers there. If nobody's in charge, you can imagine the confusion, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, what, what should we do? Well, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm not in charge. You know who's in charge? No, no I just know it isn't me. And that right there will probably tell you everything you need to know about why it took over 70 minutes for yeah. police officers to storm the building when that should have happened, according to all active shooting training, should have happened immediately. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break here. Talk about that. There was also a shooting in Indiana at a shopping mall yesterday that got stopped fairly quickly because of a young man legally carrying a gun that stopped the bad guy. With a gun. We'll talk about that. If you want to talk about the GOP convention this past weekend, please feel free to do that. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A deadly mass shooting just outside Indianapolis, leaving three people dead and injuring two others, including a 12-year-old girl. Let's go ahead and declare this a mass casualty. And a good Samaritan being hailed the hero after he shot and killed the shooter with his own gun. I heard the gun start pop, 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 pop. I don't know, a good 25, 30 shots. And, uh, all my, you know, my couple guys I had up front hit the deck. Police say the heroic 22-year-old man who stopped the shooting was legally carrying a firearm. The only thing running through my mind, like, the only thing I hear right now are the gunshots. Those four gunshots before I started running, there were shoes. Carts, strollers, literally anything you could imagine was on the floor. There are three dead, two injured after the shooting at the uh, Indiana Mall. took place in a uh, food court. The armed civilian, as you heard there, 22-year-old, the people are calling a uh, hero, legally armed, killed the suspected shooter. It's, it's, it's nice that it finally worked out the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever there's a, a shooting at a mall or a theater or, or a school, any of these, somebody says, you know, if only somebody had had, or if only somebody had been carrying and, and you know, knew how to use their weapon. And this, and this guy clearly did. And in a lot of cases, because a lot of the malls in the country, including the Boise Town Square Mall, it's a gun-free zone. This mall... Not a gun-free zone. You have seen in in mall shooting, just like the one here in Boise, that gun-free zone didn't stop the bad guy from bringing in a gun. However, the security guards weren't allowed to have guns. The not every mall can be a gun-free zone simply because some malls have gun stores. I don't know if that's the case here in uh, 
Greenwood Park Mall. I don't either. It could be it could be just their uh, policy. Either way, it worked out. Four of those hit by gunfire were females. One was a male. Um, police don't immediately know the specific gender uh, or age of those who were killed. Twelve-year-old girl, as you heard there, was among the two that were injured. Both uh, of the injured are in stable condition, which is good news. Police also confiscated a suspicious backpack that was in a bathroom near the food court. Once again, uh, I'm quoting here, was the police uh, department said the real hero of the day is a citizen that was lawfully carrying a firearm in the food court, was able to stop the shooter almost as soon as he began. And that's terrific. Even though he was able to stop him almost as soon as it began. Yeah, three people were, still got killed. Yeah. Well, one of them was the, the gunman. So two two people oh, were, right. were killed and, and two injured. The one of the others dead, you know, was the was the gunman. But you have to count him as a person that was killed. Two oh eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. It is, I'm sure, something that's going to be hashed and rehashed over the coming days. You've got, you know, of course, the news of the Uvalde shooting and the report coming out. We've had uh, mass shootings, and this, because there were five people shot, would fall under the definition of mass shooting. Mass shootings. What is it? Is it four? It has to be four people shot? I think it's four. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You've had the the shooting that went on in Sacramento, California, Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York, which, by the way, last week that store opened up for the first time since that shooting happened in Buffalo. You know, it's, they're not even trying to to murder a, a, a particular person. This is not about you know having a grudge against somebody uh, or uh, getting revenge, any anything like that. It's just simply being in a mindset or at least angry enough to where all you want to do is kill people. How do you get to the point like that? How does... I hope I never find out. I, I, I just don't... I don't think we're, we're ever going to find out, you know, how, how a mentally ill person... Because that's the only way you can describe it. You, I mean... Well, I some of these guys have survived. You you know, not every one of these shooters uh, has uh, been killed. and Some of them survive, and I don't, I don't know that they ever get interviewed by... Uh, news uh, outlets, but I suppose they do see psychiatrists. I don't think there's any way that you can possibly say they're an- anything other than mentally ill. Either, even if you do talk to them, it's like, wow, they seem completely sane, except for the fact that they took a gun and wanted to try and mm-hmm. kill as many people as they possibly can. But see, that's the the definition then of psychotic, which is a mental illness, mm-hmm. psychosis. So it's not necessarily you know the gun doing the damage. It's the it, it's the psychotic or mentally ill. Person and your tendency for empathy, if any, suddenly it just is gone. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Phone lines are open. If you want to weigh in this morning, you can also email us Chris at KBY Mike at KBY News coming up here next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBY. The Uvalde School District and Robb Elementary School have policies related to active shooters and campus security. But on May 24th, there were multiple. Try that again. Apologize. Um, lost it. Mm. 
Without placing specific blame for the halting response to the mass shooting at Robb Elementary, the House Investigative Committee does say that school police chief Pete Arredondo, quote, did not assume his pre-assigned responsibility of incident command. Meanwhile, a Uvalde City police officer also is off the job. The city has placed Lieutenant Mariano Pargas on administrative leave. Lieutenant Pargas was the acting chief of police for the city of Uvalde the day of the shooting. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin says Pargas may have known that victims were still in the classroom with the shooter but didn't order an aggressive early assault. Jim Ryan, ABC News, San Antonio. According to the uh, report, and I, th- I think we all agree with this, uh, the, the report says what the Uvalde Police Department and school district did was a perfect example of what not to do in an active yeah. school, duty, uh, the, school shooting situation. The biggest thing about that was that after the officers arrived, uh, that it was 70 minutes before they were in the same room with uh, the shooter. And regardless, I guess, of what kind of police training you've had all over the nation, that's too long. Mm. Gary writes in, there has never been a a shooting in the U.S. that had as many casualties as the Bath School in Michigan in 1927. There was no gun, just one evil man. That's true. He used explosives to blow up a school. So not really an active shooter situation then? No. But once again, an evil man doing evil business. Yeah. Yeah, people people have murdered uh, people in in other ways besides using guns. Like there have been uh, at least two guys uh, who blew up airplanes they were on. I think back in the seventies, maybe it was even before that, uh, because they uh, they wanted somebody to get the insurance payment. I think the the biggest argument, and, and I I think that you know kind of goes here, you know that if Everybody says, oh, it's the guns. If we just got rid of the guns, you know, it would stop school shootings. Well, first of all, if you could magically click your fingers and get rid of every gun in the world. Which, by the way, is the only way you'd be able to do it. Yeah. Then, yeah, that's true. But if you, getting rid of, of AR-15 style weapons as what is being called for is not going to cause a stop to school shootings. And if even if you could magically just click your fingers and then every gun in the world disappeared, doesn't mean you still wouldn't have people in school, you know, crazy, mentally ill people trying to kill people in schools. It would be considerably harder to get a high body count with other ways to do it, with the exception of explosions. Mm-hmm. Well, you had the, what was the, in Japan, gosh, I can't remember what year it was, but not too long ago. Where they had uh, the the knife attack that killed twenty seven people yeah. with knives, and because was, in Japan it, was, it's almost impossible to legally own a gun. Was that more than one guy with a knife? I think it was three people yeah, with three a knife. Three people, right? Yeah, ended up killing like twenty seven people. With sarin gas, they they let that go on the uh, uh, subway system in uh, Japan one time and killed a bunch of people. CJ writes in, uh, considering where the Uvalde police chief is now, city council, anyone feel like this lieutenant is just a sacrificial lamb for the uh, chief? It felt like it, didn't it? Um, well, first of all, um, <laughs> due to pressure, he's no longer on the city council. He resigned right. from the city council. Um, but possibly, yeah. Um, there, I think there's going to be enough blame to go around. And I know it seems weird now that this has all happened, happened that, you know, we're blaming people, but... 
the reason you blame people is to figure out what the hell went wrong so that it doesn't ever go wrong as badly as it did in Uvalde. Every single police department, every single school district should be looking at this report and saying, all right, what what mistakes were made and how can we make sure that, God forbid, if this ever does happen. And I, and I, I get it. There are a lot of school districts that, you know, can go, well, it's never going to happen here. We're, we're a little small school district. I'd be willing to bet every place where you've seen a mass shooting in a school, every school probably said, it's never going to happen here. Which is a, we're, too, we're a too close-knit community. It, it's a, that's a dumb statement to make, that something's never going to happen. You can certainly make a statement that it's not likely to happen and never has before. However, to simply say, you know, I, I thought it couldn't happen here. Anything can happen anywhere. Yeah. I, that's what the statement there for, for the grace of God Go we. Doug has written in Doug and Meridian. He says, uh, good morning, Chris. Is this newly elected official Moon a Republican like Lieutenant Governor McGeehan? And if so, Moon is a rhino from what she sounds like. Uh, <laughs> I see, I don't know. I, I've always thought that if you were a rhino, it meant that you claimed to be a Republican, but you voted and, and thought more like a Democrat. Uh, but... I guess depending on who you are and, and what kind of a Republican you are, you could think everybody who doesn't think like you is a Republican in name only or right. a rhino. Right. If you don't, if you don't match me, you're a you're a rhino because you don't believe what I believe. That means I just you're don't. I mean, it, just it, a Republican it, in name only. McGeehan and Moon are both very conservative, which tends to be the Republican uh, Party's way. So I don't know how they're not uh, Republicans. Yeah, I, based on what the definition of a, a rhino is, not. You know, just Republican in name only because either you're far right or far left. Um, I mean, everybody everybody is different. It, it, the, the whole thing of rhino always makes me laugh. Again, it means if if you are a Republican, you have to be the kind of Republican that I am. Or you're a rhino. Or you're a rhino. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's become a, well, they've tried to make it a derogatory term, but um, in this day and age, it's almost like it's not. It's like. You can almost wear it as a badge because it's you're more moderate, middle of the road, you know, than far left or or whatever. Mike writes in uh, after her election, Dorothy Moon said, quoting here, "We have to make sure with Democrats coming at us with full force that we have our barriers up, guns loaded, and ready to keep this state free." Moon is a legislature who earned high marks from conservative and libertarian groups for her hard right voting record. During the campaign for Secretary of State, Moon said she did not believe President Joe Biden was legitimately elected by Americans in 2020. There's no evidence of widespread voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. So the Idaho Republican Party is now the Trump Republican Party. The division between moderates and Trumpsters could be a disaster. Now, if you think somebody who is a, well, he called him here Trumpsters or a Trumper. If you think somebody is is a Trump fan and that makes them a rhino, uh, I, I don't know, because to me that's just the opposite. You know, they it just seems like they are the Republican Party right now, so yeah. they're not a rhino. Randy in uh, Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KPOI. Yes, you were talking about Uvalde a few minutes ago mm-hmm. and uh, those officers. And I'm really wondering, unless they're the really terrible people, we can't punish them any more than they're punishing themselves 
as a result of what they did or didn't do. Yeah, chances are. I don't, and this is my personal opinion, I don't think you can necessarily punish the officers because officers are there to follow the commands of their leaders in charge. If you go and do your own thing, all of a sudden you're a rogue officer and you shouldn't be doing that either. So, I mean, my personal opinion is, you know, there were officers there who were trying to get in the building and were held back. There were officers, reports of officers who had children in the building. One in, in particular knew that his daughter was in the building, tried to get in, and it was showed he was being yeah. held back by other officers to not allow to get into the building. So and somebody, unfortunately, somebody must have given that order, don't killed. you think? Yeah, somebody must have. I, I, that, that's just it. That's just, I, I think the, the failure here it has to do with, a communications and B possibly not possibly the, the now, report said leadership. The, the, they've been they've been criticized for being down the hall for so long and not going into the room where the shooter obviously was, with you know with so many kids. And somebody pointed out this morning they said, okay, so if if that's the case, then your biggest uh, problem with them is they weren't brave. You know, depending on how you look at it, they weren't brave, but you can't be prosecuted for not being brave enough. Right. Can I have another comment? Yes. About what you're talking about? Okay, and I've caught this before. I, you probably know media around here. Any coverage of a sh- officer shooting, the, officer, the, the officers are implied as guilty until they're proven innocent in the press. Thank you. I have a, I have a fr- couple of friends that serve in a, in a Boise PD, and I've talked to him about this. And he said that um, you can't... Um, they're so punished by their own reality in these things. And that, um, I'm sorry, I'm phasing a little on what, on the particulars. Uh, but there's a real problem in our, in our society when we don't stick up for police officers, we stick up for the quote unquote victim in the coverage. Uh, obviously something's going to happen. And then when it's finally shown that it was an approved shooting and everybody walks away, that's fine. But the interim, I've talked to the Astor reminds him. These I've talked to both these guys, and they've had friends who've killed somebody because you know suicide by cop type situation where they had no choice. Yeah, they are never going to get over that experience of taking another life. They didn't desire. They were trained to do what they had to do, but they do not get over personally participating in in enforcing the law and protecting people. And we never talk about the cost to officers who, for whatever reason, have to kill somebody. Just like people who've served in the military, you do not get over killing people, no matter what the media talks about. Yeah, it may be your job. It may you may have done exactly what you were supposed to do, and you may have saved lives, but you still have taken a human life yourself. And I get it; it's something that would probably haunt you forever. And to those who uh, serve and have had to been in that situation, uh, my kudos to you, because I never would want to do it myself. Thank you for the call, Randy. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Uh, Jim, stay right where you're at. I promise we're going to get to you coming up when we come back after this break.
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700. Jim in Middleton, thanks for hanging on. Uh, Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Thank you for taking the call. Anyway, uh, just kind of help you out defining what rhinos are. Many Republicans don't even follow their own platform. Going back when Bush was in office, when he controlled the House and Senate, there was no balanced budget in the Senate. There was uh, uh, none of their their platforms were, were put into you know, signed any bills or laws when when uh, Trump was president and he controlled both houses. They had opportunities that they never fulfilled. But just look at their own platform that they don't follow, not to mention governing against the will of the people. So that's where that comes from. And I do understand some people get a little upset if, if everything isn't voted just right. But they don't follow their platform and their own rules of governing. And that's why there's so many rhinos. A rhino then just kind of a rhino then essentially is somebody who promises but does not deliver and really never intended to anyway. Well that and, and the fact that their own platform, okay, balanced budget, mm-hmm. smaller government and so forth, we never see it. The government continues to grow, the deficits continue to grow, whether we have a Republican president or a Democratic president. It continues to grow. I talked to Senator uh, Crapo many times. I said, what, what happened to the balanced budget in this, in the, or balance, having a balanced budget in the Senate? That's their duty. It's never happened. Okay, They just talk about it and right. what have you. So, I mean, the proof is there. They are, many of them are rhinos. They don't walk their talk. Got it. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Jim. Uh, So so regardless of what somebody claims, somebody claims that their, uh, you know, their platform is, if they don't do anything to move toward that platform, uh, then maybe you're a rhino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike and Emmett, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBY. Yeah, I'm I'm calling about the shooting, but I think a rhino is a Democrat claiming to be a Republican. That's the simplest way to put it. And, as far as the shooting and what the cops did, there have been multiple incidents in this country where cops have had to respond, whether it be a security guard here, a 23-year-old security guard at the Boise Town Square who didn't even have a gun, okay? This kid runs right at the shooter. So I have no sympathy, you know, the guy saying these cops had to kill somebody. That's your job, okay? If you don't want that potential, do not put that badge on because guess what? You carry a gun, you might have to put a bolt through right. somebody. And no, that and, and, that, and that's not necessarily what we're saying. You, that You can be that job, you, you're, you know, accept that job, know that you might have to do it someday, and even though you do it, you can still have that haunt you for the rest of your life. You've taken a human life, even though it was your yeah. job and you were, you were in the right and you did what you were supposed to do, and you maybe even saved lives, doesn't mean that you not necessarily are going to have problems for the rest of your life going, wow, I took a human life. 
it's not the kid's parents' fault, right? It's not the kid's or the person's family's fault. They still have to suffer. But understand this. You kill somebody, it's going to haunt you. Yeah. There, is, there is no maybe about it. Yeah. It will. Yeah. It's, it's going to suck. I mean, I've seen a kid get shot in front of me and killed yeah. at a party accidentally. I will never forget that sight. And that was at 15 and I'm 35. Uh, it will haunt you. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where if there's kids in the line of danger, you put your life aside with that job. That's the name of the game. And that means you run towards the bullets. And it's scary. But if you don't think you can do that, do not put that badge on. Because that's what we want you and need you to do. Thank and you, it's Mike. a terrible job sometimes. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks for the thought. That's about it for today. Just want to remind you one more time, uh, newly elected Idaho GOP chairwoman Dorothy Moon will be on with Nate Shellman. That'll be coming up uh, here live this afternoon, just after 3 o'clock. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow.